Hi everyone, welcome to the Earth Ambition Community Customer Persona Workshop. Earth Ambition is a free community helping to connect and empower while educating impact startups. We are powered by Ola Impact, which is an ethical marketing agency specializing in the conscious consumer. Our speaker, Ashley Sang, will get us started. All right. So, um, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about personas today. And for me, this is a central part of not only brand messaging, but every single business. Um, it was really cool to hear everyone's businesses. You guys are doing amazing things. And it's also really fun that everyone is sort of in different stages. Um, but I think evaluating your customer persona is relevant at any stage of business, because for sure, if you're just starting out, you need to define it for the first time. But even if you've been in business for a while, um, I know my ideal customer has definitely changed over the years. And so it's good to just kind of like gut check yourself um, and figure out, okay, is, is the person I have in my head actually aligned with the person I'm reaching? And is it aligned with the person I'm targeting? So that is what we're going to dig into today. We already got acquainted. Um, yeah, I do brand messaging strategy, essentially. And today we're going to sort of break down personas and then actually learn how to build one and how to use it because I don't love living in theory. I really like things that are practical. Um, so we're going to dive into demographics and psychographics, learn how to build and then learn how to leverage. So the reason personas are so powerful is because it puts a name and a face to your ideal customer. Because otherwise, you're just kind of guessing, right? You're just kind of like, oh, I vaguely work with this kind of person, or I serve everyone, right? But um, sort of the, the golden rule of marketing is if you're, if you're aiming for everyone, you're not going to hit anyone. Um, and I really like to think of personas and ideal customers, target audiences, whatever you want to call it, um, I like to think of it as a target. So if you're shooting bows and arrows or if you, I went ax throwing once and that was really fun and there was a target, right? And so the ideal customer is at the center. That's the bullseye. If you hit that person, if you resonate with their head, their heart, um, if you can address their concerns, if you can hit their price point, all the things, everything will be so aligned. But um, if you're just sort of like, shooting left and right, and you don't know where you're aiming, then you might be able to snag someone, you might be able to book someone as a customer, but are they gonna be happy with your work? Are you gonna be happy working with them? Are you able to serve them as best as possible? Probably not, right? And so it won't feel as good for either of you. So you aim for the bullseye, and that way you can still certainly get have successful client interactions with people outside that inner circle. You can maybe sell a lower ticket item or a less one-on-one -on -one item or, you know, a productized um, service or something like that. You can certainly reach people outside that inner circle. But when you focus all of your advertising dollars, all of your website copy, all of your networking opportunities, those need to be focused on that ideal customer, that central persona. So that's why it's so important. And I just wanted to make a note that it's not about stereotyping. So you are boiling down this very big group of people 
and you're putting one name and one face to them and you're assigning characteristics to them, but they're just meant to represent the whole. It's not meant to stereotype in any way. So it's a tool, but it's not any, um, it's not something that should be taken too, too far. And so ultimately connecting with your audience is connecting those people with the purpose of your business. Um, most of us were the founders. Uh, I think all of us actually were. Um, so our business is so, so personal to us. We want people to understand exactly what's in our head and our heart. And we want it to be clear for people who don't live in our head all day, every day, right? So that's the, the power of focusing on that one person and then tying your brand messaging to that person. Um, and so some sort of high level things you can ask yourself are, how do I want people to feel when they interact with me, when they interact with my brand, if, if I have a team, how they interact with them? Um, and what do I want people to do? How can people buy from me? How can people connect with me? What's the first step? Um, is it a discovery call? Is it download this freebie? Is it listen to this podcast episode? What is it that you need people to do that will guide them along the way? And you want to allow your mission statement and your audience to influence every single aspect of your business. Um, I'm really big on values, like values-driven decisions. And so if you understand the values of your audience, if you understand your personal values and your business values, then all of that can inform each other. And it makes all of your operational decisions and all of your marketing decisions so much easier. And we'll go through some examples of that at the end. So what's in a persona? Um, it's really two categories, the demographics and the psychographics. So the demographics are probably what you already know, um, which is like the sort of who your buyer is on paper. What boxes do they check? Um, it's all that quantifiable stuff. So how old they are, um, where they live, how much money they make, et cetera, et cetera, right? And sometimes demographics are really important. Um, you know, if you're trying to reach young women between the ages of 25 and 35 because your offering specifically impacts people in that age group, then it's relevant, right? But a lot of us, it sounded like our businesses, age doesn't really matter at all, um, at least in, in some way. Um, or region, right? If you have a brick and mortar, or if you're telling regional stories, or if you are um, highlighting local artisans, region's super important, or at least you need people who have some sort of tie to that region, right? But for us who are location independent, it doesn't matter where people are living, it, it just matters what they care about, which is the psychographics. Um, so same thing with all of the other boxes that people can check. Sometimes it's very important, sometimes it's not important at all which is why I personally like to focus on the psychographics. And that is really why your customer buys, what makes them tick. Um, so this is all the qualitative stuff that's a little bit harder to define, but once you do, it's a lot more important in most cases. So these are things like lifestyle, opinions, um, political interests sometimes, um, just how they feel in general, um, or their personality, their tastes, right? So if you have a super luxe brand, um, then you are not going to want to price yourself 
like very affordably, right? Because people who like Lux things want to pay a premium because they expect that the service will then also be premium, right? And the customer experience will also be premium. Um, whereas if values, so let's take an example of a very specific value. If accessibility is a very important value to you and your customer, then maybe you actually do want to be a lot more affordable. Maybe you do want to make sure you caption everything. Maybe you do want to have facilitators with who speak different languages, right? So it just really depends on what you care about as the business owner and what the people you're trying to serve care about. Um, and hopefully it's, it's really where they overlap that all the, the magic happens. Oh, also jump in at any time. Um, like if any if questions come up or stories or anything, just jump in. Um, so I have a little like pop quiz for everyone. Um, imagine that you are trying to target this specific woman. She is in her early 60s. She's American. She's super rich and famous. Um, think about what types of things you would do to reach her, what types of messages you would have, what types of imagery you would have, um, what type of price point, all the things. Um, and then I'd love to know, does anyone have any guesses for who this woman is? I know some of you aren't US based, but uh, it's a very famous woman. So um, does anyone have any guesses of who this could be? No. Okay. Uh, Oprah. Oh. <laughs> Oprah. All right. Great guess. Uh, anyone else have any other guesses? No. All right. It is both Oprah and Roseanne Barr who are two very, very different women, right? So those are just their demographics. So this is just to show you that demographics alone are most of the time, not enough. These two women are probably buying very different things, even though they share many of the same demographics because they care about different things. Um, the only reason that they might overlap is um, if, for example, it was something very specific to like women, women's health of, of a certain age or something like that, then they might have some sort of overlap. Um, but otherwise, their buying decisions would be very, very different. So just keep that in mind as you are thinking about your demographics and for sure as you're thinking about your psychographics. Um, so then I also wanted to give some examples that I literally just pulled from Google snippets. Um, hopefully most of you know Clean Canteen. They're 1% for the Planet member. They make reusable metal water bottles, essentially. And... Um, so they focus very specifically on values. So they say family owned in the title, but then also they repeat it in the copy. Um, they flag that they're a B Corp, they flag that they're part of 1% for the planet. And then they also focus a lot on quality. So they say quality, they reference the performance, and then they reference a lifetime warranty, right? So they're very values driven in their marketing. One thing I don't think they do awesome is um, they literally try to reach everyone <laughs> in kids to adults and then also office to backcountry. That's kind of like everywhere, right? But when you really think about it, their price point alone um, rules out a lot of populations, right? Because a lot of people cannot afford to buy a $20, $30 water bottle when they can go to 
Walmart or the convenience store and get a 50 cent plastic bottle, right? Um, so it still speaks to people who have leisure time and like to be in the back country who work in an office, right? And maybe don't work a minimum wage job in the service industry or something like that. So this is how um, demographics and psychographics come up in a Google ad. And then justice, which for any of the US-based people, this used to be limited to, which was like all the rage in the 90s and 2000s. Um, but they focus so much on demographics because that's they, they have nothing to stand behind values-wise, right? Like it's just, if you're a tween girl, this is the shop for you. Um, and, you know, maybe targeting their, their mothers or parents or whoever is shopping for them. So this is just an example sort of in the wild of um, how demographics and psychographics come to play. So next, and again, ping or like, um, I can't see the chat, I don't think, but um, just unmute yourself if you have any questions. Um, otherwise, we will move on to actually building an audience persona. So um, again, I think it's really useful to put a real face. Um, if you have a real customer, that's awesome. Um, if you have a friend of yours who you know that you can pop in there, or if you're just you know going to Pexels or Google search or wherever, this is an internal document, so you don't have to worry about like copyright or anything like that. Um, and so really the audience persona is a detailed representation of different groups within your audience. I recommend you start with one because then it's a lot more manageable. And then that way that can guide, especially things like your website copy, your social bios, your um, personal bio when you are a speaker somewhere. Um, so I recommend starting with that one, but definitely if you have different offerings or different locations or different price points, that sort of thing, then you can certainly have a persona for each of those sort of um, segments of your audience. And you absolutely want it to include both the demographics and the psychographics and sort of weight it more based on which factors are more important to you and your brand. Um, so this is just one example. They even gave this person a real bio um, and well, I guess they didn't, but they explained what would be in the bio. And um, they talked about sort of what they think motivates someone to buy, um, how people like to be communicated with, all sorts of things. So here it is filled out. And clearly this was some, for some sort of like travel company um, because here are the like competitor brands that she's already shopping with. Um, and this addresses a lot of the psychographics, but then of course they sort of, um, box her into some demographics too, just so they have something to anchor toward. Um, and so other things that you might want to consider are daily routines. So again, if you have physical hours um, or if you have um, a physical store or even you need to be on call for any reason, or like you're planning a webinar and, and you don't know when people are available, think about their daily routine. If it's a new mama, I've heard of, um, I've heard of people who like, have content go live in the middle of the night to help nursing mamas in the middle of the night have something to watch. Um, that things like that, right? Think about their daily routine. If they're early risers, make sure your posts are there first thing in the morning for them, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, tech skill might come into play. 
either around content you can create to bring them up to your level to be able to work with you, or if you're trying to reach an older population or um, a population that just can't afford access to technology, how are you going to reach them? How are how is your offering going to um, be adapted to serve those people without the need of you know expensive technology? That sort of thing. Um, and this tool, just to reference, uh, came from Extenio um, or Extensio. Uh, I also have a free template if it's useful for anyone at the end. Um, and then also just to show that you don't need any fancy templates, I literally created this one for a client in a PowerPoint slide. Um, so I just had two columns. I gave her a face and a name and a sort of like a tagline. And um, this was all about fundraising for a library advocacy group. And so we really thought about why would she give? What are her hesitations? What are the things that she cares about that we could link to libraries? So that's sort of what goes into a persona, how to create one basically. And now we're gonna talk about how to leverage it. So you can, like I said, you can have multiple personas. And this allows you to be a little bit more sophisticated with your, um, you know, like if you pay for ads or again, if you're choosing conferences to speak at, um, maybe you have a completely different bio for one conference versus another because you know this one will resonate with this group of people and this one will resonate with this group of people. Maybe one super technical and one super heart-centered, right? You want to adapt to the environment where your audience is. And so not only can you adapt different campaigns, but you can also adapt different offerings to these segments. Um, if you have data, amazing. Um, whether that is just surveying your audience, whether that's just direct personal interactions you've had, they've sent you questions, they've, um, you've gotten on sales calls and they've said, oh yeah, I can't do this because. Um, maybe you're able to track your email clicks or your website traffic, um, wherever you're able to get data, that's awesome. Uh, ideally you can use that, but if you are starting from scratch, that's no problem. Use your best guess. And then again, this is something that you'll need to reevaluate often. Uh, maybe every quarter, maybe two times a year, maybe every year. It depends how quickly your business is evolving and how quickly you think your audience is evolving with it. Um, and really, the whole reason that we put personas to use is to avoid thinking as ourselves because we all have our own biases, right? Um, I know this for sure 100% comes to play in my pricing. I think like, oh, would I pay for this? doesn't matter. It matters if my ideal customer would pay for it, right? Um, so it really helps you just take yourself and your personal biases out of the situation. So let's say Mike is your ideal client. Um, what would they think of this of this? design choice. Would he love these colors or is this way too bold for him? Would he like this font or is this mm, really too fluffy for him? Or um, is this easy for him? Like is the UX useful? Um, same thing, can Jane afford this price? Can, um, what would it take for Spencer to switch over to our library or our store or our design firm? right? Like what, what is it that is keeping him there and would bring us over or would bring him over to us? Um, and again, what hours are convenient? Of course, you want to build your business around yourself as well, right? Like you want to be able to show up 
as your best self. So definitely define, especially your hours and your availability and how you like to communicate with your clients. Definitely take yourself into consideration there, but also be willing or at least aware of what your clients want. Um, like, so for example, I don't really like it when clients text me because it feels a lot more invasive than email. Um, but some of them just really, really like texting. So for a few of them, I sort of like let it slide. Um, but some people put very firm boundaries in place so that the working relationship is sort of as functional as possible. Those are decisions that you get to make. Um, and then Kelly, just how are we doing on time? I can either go through this example or skip it. I'm good. You can go through it. All right. All right. Um, so this is just to sort of really put ourselves in action here. So let's say you make ethical jewelry or you sell ethical jewelry. Um, maybe it's an amazing maker somewhere um, around the world. And Lisa is your ideal customer. And the spring collection is you're ready to sell it. Like it's time. So, you know, she loves yoga. She isn't moved by discounts, which is why she shops ethical jewelry and not discount jewelry. And she spends most of her free time on Pinterest and reading magazines, not really anywhere else um, consuming content. So, um, for example, you could do a yoga themed giveaway where you partner with an amazing yoga brand who's equally ethical and you give away jewelry. You leverage each other's audiences, uh, it's a win-win for women like Lisa. Or if you have little pop-up shops, you could have a pop-up at an amazing local yoga studio, or you could travel around to yoga studios and do pop-ups there. Um, there are many, or um, for example, like even just on your IG feed, you could have images of women doing yoga and speak about your brand values, about your mission, about all the things that relate back to you, but the imagery could be yoga driven, for example. Um, so again, like this is just something that's seemingly unrelated, but you can absolutely tie it back because it is related because Lisa is at the center of everything. Um, so it, it, she isn't moved by discounts. So putting the spring collection on sale isn't gonna do much. Offering a promo code probably won't buy her to buy, move her to buy. So how, like what will move her to buy? Maybe an amazing story about the maker or about where the um, beads or metal is sourced or about where the proceeds are going to go, right? Like whatever your business model is, how can you motivate her to buy without just slashing prices? Um, and then she's on Pinterest, she's reading magazines. So don't waste your money on Facebook ads. Don't waste your money on Instagram ads. Um, don't be posting every single day and going live on LinkedIn. She's not hanging out there. So make sure that you're focusing most of your time and energy on Pinterest. Um, and again, like what sort of imagery can you use there that would resonate with her? What sort of stories can you use that would resonate with her? Um, and then magazines, how can you either buy ads or get an editorial, uh, get some editorial coverage, or how can your, um, how can you like guest post for a magazine that you know she loves, or how can you maybe drape your beautiful jewelry over some of her favorite magazines in a shot, um, uh, like a photo shot. Um, 
all sorts of creative solutions that take the little snippets you know about that ideal person and amplify it and put it to use for you. Um, so yeah, this is just an example of how these little seemingly disjointed things actually make a lot of sense when you keep her at the center. So home stretch here. Um, it's super important to stay audience centric in all of your decisions. So I sort of break it up into two categories. One is your marketing, um, which is obvious, right? Like obviously personas serve your marketing. Um, so your email signatures, how do you sign off your emails? What sort of thing do you put in your email signature that shows her who you are and what you stand for? Do you have any um, like certifications or partnerships that you can reference in your signature? Like I, I have a uh, business member of 1% for the planet in my email signature. Um, or do you have a motivational quote because you know that your ideal customer loves quotes? Um, or maybe it's in all of your email signatures, you link to your latest podcast episode because that's really how you get most of your traffic. So you might as well amplify that as much as possible, right? So a pretty underutilized thing can be really effective when you're keeping your audience at the center of everything. Same thing, obviously your social media graphics and even your website imagery, um, any promo videos you create, think about the music, think about the cadence, think about the length, think about all the things, um, not necessarily what you think is best or what is like best practice, but really what your audience would sit and watch and be moved by. Um, for sure, your bios, either long form for, again, speaking or um your about page, but also your social media bios. Um, and then for sure, for sure, your website copy, every single page, every single line should be tied back to your mission, your values, and your audience. If they're not hitting one or all of those points, you need to rewrite it. Um, every single word should serve a purpose on your website. And then for sure, your, your newsletter, that's like such a direct way that you're able to interact with your customers. Um, you're hitting them directly in their inbox. You had permission to be there. So they, they want you there theoretically. So how can you wow them? How can you keep feeding them content that, that really serves them? Um, and again, it doesn't have to be original content. It could be a, a curated newsletter where you just pull things from the internet or from, um, from your community or wherever else that you think, okay, my reader, my ideal customer would love this. They will see this headline and they will click, right? Um, and then operations. So if you have packaging, um, especially as an ecopreneur, this is so important. You absolutely need to consider what your packaging is made of, what your packaging says, um, how it can be dealt with afterward um, in terms of waste, all that sort of thing. Um, any vendors you have. So like if you have any resale partners or if you just the, the people that you are buying from, um, even things like your service providers, like your accountant, like your graphic designer, like your marketing strategist, right? Like they should be aligned because the people you work with, the people that you're giving your dollars to should absolutely be aligned with your mission and your values and the, the types of people that you're, you would be proud for your audience to know you're working with. Um, for sure, your hiring decisions. So 
the people you're hiring should absolutely understand your audience. They should understand what it is, the impact that your business is trying to have, and they should be able to contribute to it in some way. They should, um, your, your audience and your, and your mission and your values can absolutely evolve. So if the people you're hiring are able to contribute to that, amazing. But at the very least, they should be able to understand it. Um, for sure, setting your rates. This is a tough one for so many solopreneurs, especially. Um, and then any sort of affiliations, groups, collaborations, whether they're free or paid, if you're putting your name and your, and your brand on the line, um, again, you should, you should be proud if your audience ever found out that you were associated with them, essentially. So um, basically, as you're creating these personas, just remember what your goals are. How will this serve my audience? First and foremost, that's why your business exists. Your business exists to help people. Um, how will this grow my audience? So you can have more impact the more people you can serve, right? Um, or the more in-depth you can serve people. But um, how will reaching this one person then connect me to so many other people like them? And how do my, my mission and values relate? How do they relate to my audience? How do they relate to whatever decision it is that I'm making? Um, so if you want to build your own customer persona, I highly recommend it. Um, even if it's just like on pen and paper and you just sort of chicken scratch it, but I do have a free download. Um, if you want like a framework to work from, um, but otherwise, does anyone have any questions or like examples or I don't know, just want to share anything. I'm totally open to it.